Hello and welcome to Plot Trip. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing A Dance in Moonlight by Sherry Thomas. So this was published in 2013 and is the second and a half entry in the Fitzhugh series. Uh, so this is a novella that comes directly after Ravishing the Heiress. Yes, and so you may recall in Ravishing the Heiress, the main conflict is that the husband was debating whether or not to leave his wife for his first love. Mm-hmm. He stayed with his wife, shock, because romance novel. Um, but so this is the first love's redemption arc. I right. Suppose. Because in that book, so Isabel comes back from India after her husband dies, and then she's she's basically just assumes that Fitz is going to leave his wife for her she doesn't assume it first she comes back and asks him and he's like nope yeah and so and then he but yeah. he says basically need to try to put a baby in her <laughs> yep yes and that process leads to him realizing he's been in love with his wife all along um so this book starts with isabel heartbroken because her married love or will not leave his wife for her so tough, tough predicament to be sympathetic about. That's all I'm going to say. It, I am on board with you on the I'm not very sympathetic train. So. So uh, what's the jacket for this one, Lane? After losing her childhood sweetheart to another woman, Isabel Englewood is heartsick. But then something remarkable happens. Upon arriving at Doyle's Grange, her new home, she meets Ralston Fitzwilliam, who looks almost exactly like the man she cannot have. Come late at night, she tells him, so I can make love to you, pretending that you are the one I love. Little does she realize what she is about to unleash. (laughs) This jacket makes it sound a lot raunchier than it actually is. (laughs) Yeah, and I also think there's nothing about him at all other than that he bears a striking striking resemblance to her ex. Mm-hmm. And this isn't actually what the book ends up being about that much. It's definitely what the conflict is. Mm-hmm. But really, like, I wish the jacket had mentioned that they both recently lost spouses. Yeah. You know, I, I think that does a lot more to explain where they're both at in terms of their situations and their characters than just the fact that he looks exactly like this. Yeah. I mean, that said, the setup is why you want to read this book. You know, if the, if the setup was Isabel is sad and uh, she meets a man who's also grieving, you know, and they have more in common. Who looks exactly her. like her ex. I'm not saying leave out the resemblance. I'm saying maybe um, add some more. Well, <laughs> let's let's look at our random numbers. Somewhere. Okay, so it's a novella. So the random number was only between 1 and 25. For novels, we do between 1 and 50. And this week, the random number was 5. Do, do you want to start or should I? I'll go first. One night with a clone. <laughs> Mine is doppelgangers better than the originals. Uh-huh. So when you um, only have five yeah. words to work with, that's definitely the A plot. I mean, that's what you you have to you're not gonna be like sad cartographer empathizes with widow. That was so 
That was five Good, words. Nick. I know off the top of your head, that was incredible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jeez. Took you less time to come up with that than it did for me to count the words you were saying. <laughs> so, so secondary five word summary, guys. So for all that this is a novella and a Sherry Thomas, there were more tropes than I think I was expecting. There were a lot. I mean, I think this is a novella that just crammed in the tropes. Yeah. But I mean, the big one is the, the coincidence or the many coincidences. So not only do they look super, super similar, Mm-hmm. They both have fits in their names. They both have fits in their name. They both live in the same general area. And they're lords within the same general area. Yeah. But also, they go, Isabel goes on vacation and he goes to meet her. And who happens to go on vacation in the same place on the same days and is in the same hotel? Her other fits, like the original fits. Yep. Earl Fitzhugh. So th- there's some more coincidences there for you. It's a, it's a lot of them. It's chock full. Yeah. I don't know if lookalikes is a trope. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I th- would say twins is a trope, but they're not twins. Twins is a trope. And I think like momentary identity confusion is a trope. <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. I do. This just sounded really funny. <laughs> because like, it's not usually that they look identical, but it's like they smell the same and in the dark you can't tell or someone stumbles into the wrong room in complete darkness and they don't realize it's the wrong person. Like, right. A, a instant case of mistaken identity that is quickly righted is a trope. I don't know yeah. if the lookalike part is. Yeah. But but they are lookalikes. Yes, that is unquestionable and the point. Yeah. Uh, so they're both widowed people who've lost a grand love um and of course they bond over the the loss so they grieve together and she is grieving her husband she she it might not have been a love match but like they'd had children together and had a life together and they were I, cordial, I like, more than cordial they were friendly yeah i i actually liked that part of the book a lot I, I wish that it, it had been delved into a little more, but like maybe the reason that she wanted to be with Fitz so much was because she had just gone through this, like she was still grieving, you know, mm-hmm. but that didn't come across in the, in Ravishing the Heiress at least. It didn't. And I also don't think that was the reason that said, I do think you were supposed to understand why, Her experience in marriage didn't discount the possibility that Fitz would still want to be with her. Right. So this is a trope that I think is more modern romance, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But meeting Mr. Right or Miss Right on your last night somewhere. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of modern like vacation hookup romances yes i was gonna say it's a vacation hookup romance which is funny yeah so in her case she'd leased the house for the entire year but upon fitz rejecting the idea of her becoming his mistress she's like okay well there's nothing here for me so she just leaves town 
and she goes back for a thing she forgot. Mm-hmm. And on this last night is when she meets Ralston. That's true. And that is a tr- last night is a rarely a historical romance trope, but very much true. Yeah. Uh, and then the other trope is that this the evening was just perfect. So she invites him to like have sex under the pretense that he must basically pretend to be fits. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's more complicated than that. And they like learn so much about each other that night, and they have like the best camaraderie, and it's like the first good night she's had. Mm-hmm. It's a long time, and like she remembers the feeling of joy, and I think. Also, once again, maybe more of a modern romance trope. But the idea of this person you have not like love at first sight, but instantaneous kismet with. Yeah. And then that night like happens just when you need it and sort of redefines things for you is I think something I've seen in modern romance quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. And then as a part of this perfect evening and it's the the title of the thing in the thing they are they do dance on the terrace with no music when he sings to her he hums we've seen this so often lately Mm -hmm. for whatever reason they can't be in the ballroom or there is no ball (laughs) so they make their own music and it's like it's becoming almost as trite as a waltz in a garden fondle almost almost Not quite there yet, but yeah. Um, she has an overprotective sibling who's real judgmental. Yeah, I can't blame her though. I think everyone was overreacting a little bit about the resemblance. Yes, but I, to me, this was like such a sister or brother thing to do. Mm-hmm. To be like, uh, you're doing what? like you know everyone is gonna think blah 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 I don't know it was very sibling to me you know like yeah maybe her reacting but but even I think Isabel and Ralston himself overreacted to a degree yeah but I mean yeah maybe it's the plot yeah (laughs) I don't know I don't know what else to say about it (laughs) it is possible and with with her, he can finally let out his feelings. So he actually finally cries for his lost love. Yeah, so when his wife died, he, like, could not emote. Like, seven years ago. This has been yeah. a long time. It reminded me, actually, of Cold-Hearted Rake. <laughs> we were talking about that before we recorded. Cold-Hearted Rake, the book, not the concept of not crying. Yes, yes, we're talking about her, right? But yeah, it reminded me of that because in that book, you know, that's how you know they're meant for each other. And so that's how you know that he's meant for her because he cried. Finally, he could finally mourn his, his, his wife. And he reveals this newfound emotional capacity to her in a letter. So after their one epic night, the middle of this book sort of evolves into an epistolary romance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I, and the I letters like. are really fun. Sherry Thomas is good at letters. I I was gonna say I liked the letters um, a lot. I thought they were really nice. And I actually I put this last, but I kind of think it's the A trope of the book: mm-hmm. a kiss before speaking. 
Yes. So Isabel is in the house and there's a knock at the door. She opens the door and she's like, Fitz! She throws himself in his arms and just, they have this share, this passionate kiss. And then I'm not sure exactly how it comes out, but all of a sudden she's like, wait, you're not Fitz. He's like, I am Fitz, Fitz William. <laughs> and sometimes it's not a case of mistaken identity, right? Mm. Like sometimes it's a girl on the run who needs, or a man on the run, and he's like, the way you can protect, like grabs a woman and kisses her or grabs a man and kisses him mm. because they need a distraction or a diversion or an excuse yep. or to cover Quick. up what they're doing. Exactly. Quick, kiss me. You know, just let, let, those, two, let, let those two men go by or whatever. Yep. Right. Or somebody's opening the door, quick. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, this that is, the it's a different situation, but A Kiss Before Speaking is the, I think, the thing that kicks off this book as a oh, trope. Oh, for sure. So overall, what did you think about this book? Did you like it? Uh, I didn't love it. I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. I think I, think I had a lot of general issues. Uh, I think that Sherry Thomas made Isabel and her situation maybe a little bit too much to identify with. Um, And then on top of it, you put this absolutely ridiculous concept, which in theory, I don't hate. Like I kind of love the whole, you, you look just exactly like the man I love and let's have one night together and we'll never speak of this again. I kind of like mm-hmm. the idea of that, but add it to Isabel's general character, and I wasn't convinced. How about you? I think not grading on the scale of romance novels, but grading on the scale of Sherry Thomas. Right. This was neither my favorite plot nor my favorite heroine. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I usually very quickly fall in love with in Sherry Thomas novels are her really strong, relatable heroines. Yeah. And for lots of reasons, not just what you pointed out, but like, this is a, a romance that to a degree is based on grief. Mm-hmm. And that is beautiful in a way. And Sherry Thomas writes it beautifully, but... I don't know. I'm sort of not that into that. And also, her kids are annoying. I'm not a big part of the book. I had so many issues with the kids. Not the kids themselves, actually, but with what the interactions with the adults and the kids said about how, about Isabel's relationship with Fitz. I was so uncomfortable with it, Lane. Yes. No, and that's what I mean. The kids themselves weren't super present in the text. But the way they were referred to and the interactions they did have, I was just like, this is so loaded. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for it. Yeah. So I think that was one of my biggest. Look, my I think, honestly, my biggest issue with with Isabel is the fact that she was planning on being with Fitz. He was never going to get a divorce from his wife. He, she was just going to live with him, you know, in sin, which whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't care if you want to marry a man or not, but the fact is he has made a commitment to someone else, right? 
Uh, and she, when you read this book, I didn't catch this in Ravishing the Heiress, but in this one, you see that the kids like really like Fitz and she was, I don't want to say grooming them, but she had raised their expectations that he was going to be, you know, around, around, you know, she never said like call him Papa or anything like that, but he was going to be like the disciplinarian. He was going to be their dad. And uh, that's what really got me here is how far the planning had gotten that I yeah. didn't, I didn't put together in Ravaging the Heiress. I think I could have, but I, I also did not like that. I think my bigger problem with this text, though, and I don't know what it says about me as a person, that this is my bigger problem. Usually, Sherry Thomas angst is caught up in wanting a person you can't have. Mm-hmm. That's just not the case here. Right. There isn't a whole lot of wanting and not taking in terms of the other person. With, with and that these is, two characters, yeah. No, not at all in this book. And usually I prefer that. Sherry Thomas is my exception. Mm-hmm. And I think I missed I, I the angst without the sexual tension mm-hmm. didn't really work for me from her. Yeah. But... I give her props for giving us a situation that probably would have happened sympathetically and it was well-written. I personally just couldn't, I couldn't get over my own issues with it to, I think, really like it. I I think I'm kind of in the same boat and I'm, I'm actually glad this wasn't a novel. I know a lot of times our number one thing with novellas is we're like, oh, I wish I had more of this. Mm-hmm. But I actually think further drawing out what she expected from Fitz and further articulating the children's disappointment and further allowing her to continue the masquerade that he was somehow a replacement for Fitz. Right. Or their grief party. Like, I'm, I could not have taken any more of that than was here. Yeah. Uh, the the only thing I don't know if this would have made it longer it just would have made it different I'm gonna be honest I don't think I would have minded if their first night really had been calm like don't talk then come into go into my bedroom pretend like you're fits and then go away I I would have been interested to see what Sherry Thomas actually did with that I don't know if it would have been better or worse I thought I liked it or if I if I would have hated it, I would have been interested to read it. I'll just say that. Yeah, I just actually see a follow through on the concept. Right. Yeah, I'd be I'd be willing to read that book by Sherry Thomas. Exactly. Uh, that said, I mean, this book did make me cry. I will admit it. <laughs> when? <laughs> when he's talking about his dead wife. Most of the things he said about his dead wife are like dirty jokes. When he's telling, okay, what made me cry is when he told, when he tells Isabel that his biggest regret is that he didn't take his wife um, to, like, she had always wanted to go to, I don't even remember where, Fiji. The Faroe Islands. The Faroe Islands. Um, She had always wanted to go out. That was, like, her dream. And he didn't take her. And Isabel is like, she doesn't regret not going to the Faroe Islands. She regrets not having a life with you. I laughed out loud. Oh, I was crying. (laughs) Dear listeners, this is the difference between Megan Lane. 
Yeah, for, for me to buy in, I need I need to care a lot more about the people before you give me that angst. Oh, I was like, <laughs> so sad. Um, the only thing I want to call out that I think we haven't touched on. Mm-hmm. So Carlson's a photographer, and so he and his wife actually didn't have a whole lot in common. They just really liked each other. Mm-hmm. So he courted her by drawing her maps of various real and fictional places with mm-hmm. like inside jokes in them, and then she added to it. And I like this is what Sherry Thomas is amazing at. Like the, that detail was just equal parts funny and heart wrenching and believable. And like it's it's the little things that like you remember from the beginning of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think she also did a good job without ever saying it. Ralston and his dead wife only ever had the beginning of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell the way he reminisced about her that things went from idyllic and honeymoony to over. Mm-hmm. and that's that's where sherry thomas's real talent lies yeah it it made me want to read their book mm-hmm. so i don't know that that's a reaction you're supposed to have when reading a romance novel about two other people and i i i i'm really trying hard not to judge isabel but i'm i am very judgmental so i'm really sorry <laughs> I'm, i judge her a lot <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it just, the what other woman, even when she's sympathetically portrayed, and Isabel was very sympathetically portrayed in Ravishing Years, is just not somebody I'm ever going to be, like, here for. Exactly. So, as for content warnings or offensiveness, I think we have talked about the only thing that really fits that, which is that Isabel is, was intending to be the other woman for the rest of her life. Yeah, other but than that. nope. I got nothing other than no. that. That's it. Uh, how sexy was this book? It was sexier than I was expecting, giving it to Sherry Thomas novella. <laughs> right. So, like, Agreed. Isabel admits that one of the things that defined her marriage was how much she liked sex. Mm-hmm. And she didn't jump into being the Mary widow after her husband's death, partially because she was mourning and had two small children, but partially because she'd immediately put all of her hopes in her ex bits. Mm-hmm. And so I like, okay. One of the things I like about this book a lot is that a lot of times widows are celibate for no reason. Mm-hmm. And then it's treated as like some big deal that like they broke their widow celibacy like for a reason yeah I absolutely got the impression that if Isabel hadn't met Ralston she would have had a lover within six months and I'm actually really chill with that yeah totally down with it totally cool uh yeah Isabel basically is a beast in the bedroom I was like damn girl I like it was pretty hot Mm mm-hmm same Mhm. I wish the conflict had been resolved differently. Yeah. I, 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 this is this is hot. <laughs> I wish that had nothing to do with the sex, guys. So I wish the conflict resolution had somehow involved sex. I don't know. Ah, oh, yes. I see what you mean. Mhm. 
That's, That's cool. why it popped into my head right now. I get it. I get it. Yeah. 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 Retro, whatever. And I also, I, okay. I this is also not relevant to the sex. How did you feel about how present Fitz was in this book? Because oh, it made me real uncomfortable. I was really, I was uncomfortable with it as well. I, I could have seen it. Like there were several not chapters, but there were several scenes from Fitz's point of view. And Millie's. Yeah, but I was like, I don't care about Millie. I was like, Fitz, this is not your book, you know? But even then, like, for all that this book is supposed to be about moving on, mm -hmm. putting Fitz's POV and actions into this book sort of, un like, contradicted that? I don't know. I just, it, it didn't add anything. Yeah, I didn't love it either. I was not into it. I wasn't into it. I'm really trying to imagine. I mean, this 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 entire book is just completely unbelievable. That's the thing. Like, this would never happen. I'm trying to imagine what would happen if I did meet like my, you know, twin out in the world. I mean, I've I, met mine, and it's my mother. Yeah, but that's not the same thing, Lane. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but we have the same face. I mean, yes, my child is a clone of me as well, but again, not not the same. You know, I'm not I'm not worried about the man I love like falling in love with his daughter, you know? <laughs> no, okay, fair. If that's where you're going with it, fair enough. Well, that's where I'm going with it. Like I'm just trying to imagine like if I don't know. I I cannot imagine it. So, because we're like, man, he just, his reaction was way out of line, but who knows what would happen if you actually saw your twin and the guy you were going to marry was like, oh yeah, that's my ex. Okay. I don't know. I'm just really trying to imagine it. But I also think some of it is, is tempered because she'd been very forthcoming with him about that because she had to be. It's true. Like, I was like with a guy for a year and he told me all about this ex and admitted we were like the exact same type. But like at that point, by the time I'd seen her, we were together for like a while. I don't think I'd freak out in the way he did. And they'd been corresponding for months at that point. Yeah. But they'd only met each other the one night. Anyway. Well, and then again, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I mean, this whole thing is ridiculous. I will say if you really liked Ravishing the Heiress and you really liked Fitz, you probably want to read this book because you get more Fitz and Millie. Um, but other than that, I, I didn't love it. I don't think there's a reason to skip it. Mm-hmm. But I also don't have a reason to recommend it either, which is maybe the first time I've said that about Jerry Thomas. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, wow, is this the is this the first time I think we've just been kind of eh on a Sherry Thomas? That said, the uh, cover for the six ladies your luck just got released and guys I melted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it myself. So if you're wondering if this has tempered our expectations for her at all, nope. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. 
We would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, and check us out around the internet on Goodreads slash Plot Trists or Instagram at Plot Trists.